I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The clock is ticking once again to fund the government. As we have been following in a very exasperating way, uh, Congress continues to kick the can down the road. And, of course, they did that in December, as we said they would, and that they would kick that can until right now. This is the week. Uh, The funding for the government is expected to run out uh, on the 18th of February. And rather than Congress doing its job, which is to put forward 12 appropriations bill, vote on each of them individually, send them on to the president to sign and fund the government. Uh, they continue to fail to do that. And so what do they do? Instead, they pass this wonderful thing called a CR, a continuing resolution. And what that does is it just continues, as the name implies, you just continue to fund the government at current levels. Now, the interesting thing that many aren't really looking at is the fact that we are funding the government at the levels from the President Trump administration with the increased cost of inflation. This actually represents a budget cut to a lot of agencies and organizations within the government. Now, many people might say, well, that's a good thing. Uh, But for some that are trying to provide critical services, some that are part of our crucial infrastructure or security, uh, having their funds go uh, not as far because of inflation is clearly going to create a problem at some point. So the continuing resolution, which I have uh, criticized forever and ever because it just shouldn't be allowed. There's there's just no reason to do that. Constitution lays out what Congress's job is as it relates to funding the government, and they should just do it, period. Uh, But instead, we get in all these political squabbles over shutting down the government, and everyone wrings their hands, and everyone predicts calamities and catastrophes of all kinds. And then we just say, well, we'll just keep doing what we've been doing. It's been working out so well in terms of our financial strength as a country. And so we just keep doing that. So here we are. Just a couple of days before the government will run out of money once again. And of course, rather rather than doing the hard work and heavy lifting of governing, they're going to kick the can down the road again. Now, I initially thought, well, at least they'll be smart enough to kick it you know, past the fall. Uh, they've got campaigns to run and it's an election year, a crucial midterm election. And 
what they're going to do is actually they're just going to fund the government until March the 11th. So they're, like, this is a whiff of a kick. They're just going to punt it three weeks down the road, saying, oh, we'll get it all sorted out by then. And, of course, the way both Democrats and Republicans love to have this happen is to do it by unanimous consent, which often happens in the United States Senate where they say, you know, unless somebody objects, we're just going to do this by unanimous consent, which makes sure that no one has to actually cast a vote. No one can be held accountable because, after all, it was by unanimous consent. And so instead, what happens from time to time is some people say, well, wait a minute. No, we should at least have to vote on this. And actually, if we're going to put forward a continuing resolution, we should actually be able to debate it. We should actually be able to offer amendments to adjust what we're going to do. And neither Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate from the Democrats, or the minority leader, Mitch McConnell from the Republicans, they don't like that because they don't want their members to have to take a hard vote in an election year. Well, there's a group of senators, uh, including Utah Senator Mike Lee, that have just sent out a letter to their colleagues saying, look, we're not just going to do a unanimous consent. We're not just going to let this continuing resolution go through unless we have some votes on some amendments. They have a particular amendment uh, that has to do with the funding mechanism related to the president's Uh, vaccine mandates, that they want to have a vote, an up or down vote, a recorded vote, so that everyone can know where members stand as it comes to things being done by the president by executive order uh, and mandate that those things should not be funded. That's Congress's job uh, is to hold the purse strings. Uh, So that letter has just been sent out literally just in the uh, last half hour, uh, notifying members that, no, if you think this is going to be an easy three-week kick of the can, No, you're actually going to have to come and work, and there actually needs to be some amendments uh, and some votes take place in order for that to happen. So we'll keep our eye on that uh, over the next few days, of course, as uh, Congress continues uh, to move along and uh, to kick cans down the road. And that's just not good for the American people. We have to expect more. We have to get more uh, out of those in Congress to say, let's let's do the process the right way. Now, we're also keeping our eye on a host of other things around the world. Of course, a lot of the interviews with the Canadian truckers, uh, journalist Barry Weiss on her Substack uh, has been talking about uh, her interviews with these truckers uh, that have been part of these protests and, and really trying to get beyond the headline. This is kind of think again journalism uh, to see why are they really doing this? What's the real issue? And while many of these truckers have been called all kinds of things from, you know, white supremacists uh, to a host of other things in, in terms of the, the radical components. Uh, but uh, Barry Weiss rep- is reporting out that uh, many of them uh, are people of color that are taking part of the protest. Ninety percent, 90 percent of those taking part in these Canadian trucker protests are fully vaccinated but they feel like they're being treated unfairly or that their concerns are being overlooked uh, as an afterthought by the elites and those in power. And so it, it's interesting, again, that Barry Weiss on her Substack would would really drill down into this. Well, why are they really protesting? Uh, if they're if 90% of them are fully vaccinated uh, and they're and they're talking about those mandates, 
why are they really protesting? I, I think it's much more to it. It's much more of a populist component of, hey, we're tired of being mistreated and overlooked and an afterthought. Uh, and for the elites to continue to tell us that they know best. Uh, and if they want our opinion, they will give it to us. And, of course, we're seeing other places around the world where mandates are also uh, really becoming an issue in Paris. Uh, we know police in Paris. Uh, there were several of those who were protesting the vaccine mandates there uh, who were beaten by police. We know in New Zealand there's an interesting development in New Zealand that the uh, the Maoris in New Zealand have been protesting the mandates. And for very similar reasons as the Canadians, they've long felt like they're second-class citizens. And uh, I think it's been interesting that uh, the prime minister there in New Zealand, uh, Jacinda Ardern, uh, has made it clear that her her rules in terms of vaccine mandates will create a two-tier society. Uh, so she's talked about that two-tier society between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated following these new government measures that she has impl- implemented. And so the, the politician, uh, her comments to the New Zealand Herald follow the introduction of a traffic light system with the uh, policy enforced when district health boards have vaccinated 90 percent Uh, of their region. And so it's created this two-tier world in New Zealand between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And that's, uh, uh, Prime Minister Ardern said that that's about giving confidence to those who have been vaccinated. Uh, And and that's the place there. So there's lots of uh, unrest. There's lots of challenges and division and debate on a host of things from spending, but a lot of things just keep seem to be tying back uh, to vaccine, to mandates. And beyond that, I think it's beyond that. I think it's that so many are so tired of not being heard or valued or being told by elected officials or uh, government bureaucrats that they just know better and that we just need to do as we're told. I think that kind of exhaustion uh, is apparent, not just here in the United States, but in many places around the world. And so we're going to watch all of that and see how that continues to play out. Uh, A lot of big things to come just in the days ahead, uh, let alone add on the international challenges of what's happening in Ukraine and what Russia will or won't do over the next 48 hours. So we'll continue to follow all of that. And we'll step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, it is Valentine's. And we're going to give you the ultimate thing to think about of what love really is and how you actually live it. Coming up next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.